welcome back to the first episode of 2023. This week we are joined by Ruby, who is a PT trainer and is very active on social media. This episode is so fantastic because Ruby really is an open book. She shares with us some really personal moments and some topics which are really sensitive and not many people talk about it. Ruby has gone through quite a journey with eating disorders and body dysmorphia and although she has come leaps and bounds from that point, she still occasionally relapses. We also discuss the topics of periods which doesn't really get spoken about enough. Ruby discusses a lot in this episode which maybe some of you may relate to so if so I really really hope this helps. Ruby Padwick is a former actress who is now a PT and fitness trainer. She is the co-founder of Optimal 4 and a brand ambassador for Simprove and Greedy Vegan. She's also a really great advocate on social media for all things female health and fitness. I am really looking forward to speaking to Ruby today. So Ruby, hi, so nice to see you. How are you? I'm good, how are you? Yeah, good, thank you, really good. So to start things off, do you mind giving a quick elevator pitch on like who you are, what you do? Oh, right, here we go. So I'm Ruby, I'm from London. Um, I used to be an actress slash comedian believe it or not. Um, and now I'm a fitness instructor and personal trainer. Um, you're probably best known on social media for talking about periods quite a lot. Um, I've got no filter um, and I'm easily spotable because I'm normally hanging out with my dog who's actually with us today hiding somewhere. Very cute, very, very cute. We'll go into a lot of what you just said actually in a minute, but before we do, we've got a quick fire round all about food. So sweet or savory? Sweet. Juicy burger or overloaded salad? No, I love a salad, overloaded salad. So do I, like I want... All of it, I want like... I love salad. And I'm sick yeah. of the fact that every time I want to have a salad, everyone thinks you're on like a health kick. I'm like, no, I just want a salad. Yeah, and also some salad. salads don't actually, aren't that healthy. No, I know. Depending I just on love what you put salad. On it. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. Agreed. Uh, crisps or popcorn? Ooh, crisps. Ice cream or sorbet? Sorbet. Oh, you know what? Sorbet, but I really like lemon sorbet with um, hazelnut ice cream. Ooh, that's a I combination. Know. I know, it's really good. So yeah, well, let's go sorbet, but... Okay, yeah. that's a good one. <laughs> cook in or eat out? Oh, oh, it depends. I love cooking. I love cooking for me and my boyfriend. And then eating out's kind of fun. Oh, okay, let's go eat in, because you can... Yeah. We have flat picnics at home, is that Oh weird? my God, that's so yeah, nice. Yeah, we sit on the ground, have a picnic. I love that. Yeah, oh, that's really We're cute. So <laughs> and what is your favourite delivery? See, I don't get takeaways. I know that sounds really ridiculous, but if I'm going to get a takeaway, this is probably really boring. I really love just chip shop chips. Oh, that is a good one. vinegar, salt, like that. Okay, yeah. To be fair, we haven't had that one on here yet. Yeah, but I just don't really get delivery, but yeah, chip shop chips. I was going to get anything. You know what my favourite delivery is? I never get it because I can't justify it. It's a snog yoghurt, but I can't justify it because the price of the yoghurt is less than the delivery. And also those places are terrible because you go in there and it's just, I don't know when it's done by weight. I'm literally like, what? Yeah. <laughs> How am I spending 15 pounds on it? I know, literally. But then the delivery, it just doesn't make sense for me to do that. So I don't do it. But oh, They are good though. Sometimes it's worth it. Life's too short. I know, I know. It is, it is. So I want to touch on like what led you to fitness because you mentioned you were in acting. Yeah. So why not acting and why fitness? Oh, so, I mean, acting-wise, watch this space. I might be going back into it, but let's, let's see. I'm not sure. Um, so, to be honest, I was acting all the way up until the pandemic. So, 
I mean, just before the Pan ED happened, um, I was actually doing all right. I was doing really well. I mean, I say I was doing really well. I mean, I've done some questionable commercials, but I was doing all right. Um, but I qualified as a yoga teacher in 2018, so I already had that going anyways. Um, and then I guess, I don't know, it kind of just happened. Like during the pandemic, I started teaching online. Um, I got my qualifications, so I was sort of PTing and then I was teaching classes. And then it's almost as if that world became my stage. It was like my new stage. Mm. And I guess acting kind of took a back burner, but I suppose I've always needed acting. And then I've always done these kind of side jobs that, you know, event managing or managing restaurants and just anything to keep me afloat while I'm trying to pursue my dreams. And then I think now that I don't need it anymore, I'm considering going back to it because I'm like, well, I've got my career. You know, I love like training people. I love fitness. I love all things health and wellness. Um, and then I think, I guess now I don't need it anymore. I'm like, oh, maybe I could go back to acting because I do enjoy it and I loved it. But I think you're just, I mean, it, you're so disposable. Um, yeah. And yeah, now I'm kind of like, ooh, I might get back into a couple of... I went to see a play last night. So it's kind of like oh. reignited those like acting juices, which always happens. And I kept imagining myself on stage again. So. Oh God, I mean, it's a hard one, isn't it? Like they're both passions of yours and it's like fitness yeah. and acting. And it definitely it's... sounds like a stage. Like when I'm teaching classes, I teach a lot of spin and you normally see me about, I used to be spin queen, but I'm like, as soon as that music's on, it's like, this is my stage, I feel. Yeah. And you're actually helping people. There's more fulfillment in it. I feel like I'm doing good and the stories you hear and people just telling you that you've almost saved them from you know their mental health or just just even just having a chat with somebody during a PT session you get so much out of it compared mm. to acting is just I mean I don't know you know kind of I mean they're keeping people entertained but you're not I don't know I, you know what I mean you're not yeah it's more fulfilling I guess in, yeah. a, in a way you're getting more I get but you get more feedback straight away maybe like you'll yeah. be acting people watching you might be telling their friend but they're not telling you and like you want to hear it from them um yeah exactly but yeah so what kind of role does fitness play in your life like what would your life be without without fitness oh, gosh everything really I suppose I mean I'm queen of walking so I used to be the backstory to fitness I used to be a long distance runner so I was an athlete and I used to run 23 to 26 kilometers a day six days a week wow um, I know ridiculous I used to be super lean um and like I used to run everywhere like I was like Forrest Gump like they'd be like Ruby can run it she will run there I used to run from home to the gym which was about an hour's run and then I used to run from the gym to when I used to be an event manager to my old workplace which is on Fulham Road about two it's about two hours and then from there I'd sometimes run home again which the straight run is about 11 miles and in my lunch break I'd go for a run and then I just was obsessed with running it was like my thing like just Ruby the Runner. Oh um, my God, that's incredible. I know. It was Did you ever do a marathon? I used to do, I used to just casually go out and do a marathon, but not think about it. Um, this is mad. <laughs> I know. Not many people know this. Well, it's weird. If, you've, if you're a recent follower to my page, you probably always know about it. But most of the time I'm now complaining about, I had ankle surgery a year ago because I snapped my navicular in half because of running. Uh, a common injury in horses because of the repetitive, repetitiveness. Um, so now I don't run anymore. So my whole fitness journey is just, Change. I've gone from being a runner to now sort of more strength and conditioning and more, I love swimming. I've kind of almost gone from being obsessed with running to obsessed with swimming and now walking everywhere. I walk everywhere. Oh my um, God, amazing. <laughs> God, that is, that is incredible. So your life has always had fitness in it. Yeah, pretty much. I think it kind of goes hand in hand with acting because you've got to stay healthy and you've got to stay fit. And then I guess it kind of just became, took over my life a little bit and I was like, oh, well, why don't I just turn something I love doing, like a hobby, into a career and I can actually make money out of it 
um, and I can sort of bring the joys of fitness to other people because mm. it can it's I mean for me that I struggled when I stopped running because I used to run and I'd feel better and then ever since I couldn't run anymore I was like oh like my mental health went a little bit oof because I couldn't just go for that run like my mm. friends sometimes would say to me if I was in a bad mood go for a run I'd come back I was like, right yep ready Get to ready. go I'm completely fine now so yeah. yeah I guess I don't know fitness is just it's just so yeah. many things more than just I guess working out I think it's got so many other factors to it it's not just about looking good or you know it's about feeling good and um for me like I can have a cry after a workout if I feel like I've released a lot of tension yeah it's so. such release that is so true yeah so being a trainer being in the industry being present on social media doing fitness yeah do you think there's a pressure or like a stigma to look a certain way online yeah massive I think <sighs> How do I, I don't even know how to put this. I think for me personally, with a history of, like, I've got a big history of body dysmorphia. And I think for me, even when, you know, I said mentioned earlier when I was so lean when I was running, I look at those photos and I remember looking at those photos and taking those sort of progress pictures or photographs and still thinking I was enormous. And I look at them now and I'm like, what is wrong with you? There was nothing of me. Like, I was so... Imagine that kind of runner look, like no boobs, no butt, like my legs were so skinny, but I just didn't see it. And I think like uh, there is a constant pressure to look good, I think, as a fitness instructor, because I think you want to look, oh, my dog's woofing away. Um, <laughs> you want to, I guess, look like a fitness instructor in inverted commas. Mm. But then what even is that? Because there is... The world has changed a lot and I think you see so many different body sizes teaching fitness. But even me myself, like, happy to admit this, which is an awful thing to say, but I remember when I was younger going to fitness class and there was a slightly larger lady teaching spin and my automatic thought process was, how can they be teaching that class? Like, how can they be teaching me fitness and teaching a class if they're that big? And I just think now that's an awful mentality, but we're so surrounded by social media and you know, people with their abs out all the time and it's just unrealistic. And also a lot of fitness professionals as well, they have, they'll get themselves so lean and take all these photos with their abs out and everything, but in different outfits. And then they'll post those pictures throughout the year. So it looks like they've always got visible abs, but genetically, unless it's genetics, it's actually really unhealthy to have visible abs because it's a sign of low body fat percentage, which then causes hundreds of problems. So we're just surrounded by these images. So yeah, I think I get it a lot and I'll say to my boyfriend, oh, I just don't feel like I look like a fitness instructor. I don't look like a PT. Like why is someone gonna wanna come to me if, you know, like I don't have visible abs and I'm not sort of rocking these really slender arms. But he's like, that's ridiculous because people don't come to you for you to look good. They come to you for you to help them. And I'm like, yeah, true. But yeah, I struggle yeah. with it all the time. Like all the time but it's imposter syndrome yeah it is so true we are so image driven and then we're like right i'm gonna go to her because she looks great and so i'm now gonna look like her yeah but that's rubbish because everyone's so different and i think when it comes to fitness and looking a certain way there's so many other things that go into that it's like fitness it's also what you're eating it's also yeah. your body structure your bone structure your genetics like it is it is crazy, but I'd never really thought of it like that, that before, where mm. as a trainer, you feel like you have to look a certain way, otherwise people aren't going to trust you with their fitness. Yeah, and I guess it's that thing you get to that point where it says more about them than it would me. Like, if someone's going to come to my class or judge me on what I look like, then that's, that's them, not me. But that's also easier said than done. Like, I've had comments made, and I've had someone, I had someone, like, when I was going for a jog, 
um, sort of shouted out the car and they're like, hey, fatty, like, how are you going to no get to the top of that hill? And way. I've had someone say to me before, like, should you really be wearing a sports bra? And I mean, I'm not, like, by no means a big person, but they just, you do get that. And you get those comments said about you. I'm shocked. Um, I know. It's amazing. And it's always men. And I actually had a guy when I was, I just got back from Saudi Arabia, PTing, and I had a guy when I was there, he actually said to me and grabbed my stomach and said, it'd be good if you lost this bit of fat and then you'd look like an instructor. And I Was just he a PT? No, no, just just a, just someone I was working alongside, and I just thought that is just baffling to me. Like, I would never, and I mean, they weren't, they were, they weren't exactly in great form themselves. Because they're probably fat themselves. Yeah, they, yeah, they were, they were on the larger side of life. But it's just amazing what people think they can say to you. And I think, especially, I'm not. I mean, I'm not massive on Instagram, but I've got friends that are slightly bigger on Instagram and they've got a bigger following and some of the messages they get in their comments boxes are just insane like keyboard warriors just typing these things and just not realizing that they have they do have a massive effect on the person that you're talking about so yeah gosh it is crazy it's isn't it like world. why do we think that we can say this to people like it's really outrageous yeah I know and got men saying that to women when they're running like they're probably in their van like just I've had a moment where like I was on a run just years ago and a man shouted out of his van and I was like you've probably never gone on a run in your life like sorry to be rude but like I know what's going on it's like this is a whistle out of cars I don't get it I, I wonder I wonder if anyone ever got to their wedding day and been like how did you two meet he whistled out of a car at me and it knew it was true love like <laughs> I don't get yeah. how this literally like, what is that gonna yeah it's just yeah. a no it's an absolute no. <laughs> so I want to touch on a bit more on the whole body dysmorphia thing. Okay, so can you talk a bit more about your journey with that? When, how, how kind of bad did it get? And then what have you kind of done to, to battle against it? Ooh, I mean, I think it's a constant battle. I'm not going to pretend that I look in the mirror now and I'm like, oh, you know what? I look great all the time. Because no, I have days where I feel like an absolute queen. And other days where I'm like, don't want to leave the house. But I guess it all started from... I think seven, I was seven, and I remember someone telling me what calories were, seven-year-old me, um, and you are quite impressionable, more so than you realise, and then I guess I kind of went to drama school when I was quite young, um, I also had like quite bad eczema, and I was quite, I probably wasn't chubby, but I was like chubby at school, and I used to get bullied when I was at primary school quite a lot, and then I think I started to become aware of, oh, you know, maybe I am a little bit chubby than the other kids at school. Um, and then I went to an all-girls secondary school, which is, I don't know, I mean, it can go two ways, but mm. you're just surrounded by it. And I think, actually, I mean, I'm 30 now, but I think times have changed a lot. I think when I was at school, there was less, you know, if you if you were going on some crazy diet, you were attention-seeking, or if, you know, you weren't feeling great mentally, you were attention-seeking, whereas now it's not attention-seeking. Now people are like, no, are you okay? And actually want to make sure you're all right. But... I guess drama school and then being an actress didn't overly help. You're kind of, you're surrounded by social media. I don't find always helps. I mean, I find myself scrolling and looking and going, oh God, why don't I look like that? But I think I'm aware of it now. So I'm aware that I've got body dysmorphia. Like I do genuinely look in the mirror and probably see myself 300 sizes bigger than what I actually am. And then I've noticed that as I've got older, I'm getting better at dealing with it. Not going to say that I'm completely overcome it because no, I definitely haven't. But I'm better at, not doing what I do before. So I used to have like quite a bad eating disorder, um, really severe laxative abuse, making myself sick, the bulimia, and 
for me, it's never been like not eating. It's always been how can I get rid of the food. So I used to, when I'd look in the mirror, I think I was enormous. I'd go and do something stupid. And it's, I mean, that's the wrong word. It's not stupid, but I'd react to it. So I'd either go and buy a pack of laxatives or I'd go and make myself sick or I'd weigh myself 300 times or like just things like that. Whereas now I wouldn't say I've overcome body dysmorphia, but I can definitely deal with it and know not to react. I'm not mm. going to say that in a few years time, I'm not going to suddenly relapse because I've had a few relapses and they are horrendous. And you do drag yourself back out of it again. But right now I can say that I can deal with it. I can be like, right, no, that's not it. And just have to love yourself because your body is your home. And actually I'm no use to anyone if I keep doing those kind of things. I need to be able to be there for the people that I want to help. And I can't do that if I'm going to, you know, make myself sick and not eat properly and not be healthy because then I'm not, I'm no use to anyone. Definitely. And it is just something you, I guess, got to kind of cope with and deal with. And do you think you'll ever kind of get rid of it it's one of those things where I hope so I mean I really want children and the idea of my daughter like having a daughter and her being the way that I was is just horrendous because I mean like I've got ADHD so when you've got ADHD everyone's got different forms of it for me my brain just overthinks constantly so if you mix that in with body dysmorphia mix that in with everything else my brain's just constantly like on this like roller coaster so I always think that when I've got daughters or children or even a son, I don't want my kids to be looking at me and being, oh, mummy doesn't eat or mummy does this or, mm. you know, because I find sometimes unmeaningfully I'll say something about myself like, oh, God, I look enormous or, oh, do you think I look fat in this? Or, oh, like these little things that you constantly say, but you don't even realise you're doing and you mm. automatically do it. Um, I mean, my boyfriend were talking about this a couple of days ago, actually, saying how we'd never want our child to hear like me talking about myself like that because that can be so damaging especially yeah. from a young age um and it's interesting my mum and my sister also my sister my sister's never had an eating problem and my mum reckons it's because she watched me struggle and like didn't want to be like that so mm. I guess that's I mean that's a good thing but it's like it's weird you don't realize the impact you have on other people definitely and I think just hearing you speak now like you're such an honest person like you're so true like you're, you're speaking the raw truth and I think a lot of people probably go through very similar situations but don't say it and don't admit it whereas yeah. you're like I've relapsed but it could be like one thought's gone through your head and you're like oh no here it is again but like you're you're so true and honest to yourself whereas like yeah, yeah a lot of people I mean you you know put a dress on and you're going out on Saturday and you're like oh god I look awful like oh this is not how I want to feel or mm. and people will think that all the time I think it's so natural and I think also girls they have it a lot people think they have it a lot more mm. but I think we all do I think guys as well I think again they cover it up um is that is that kind of I guess that's the thing as well the fitness industry is like bringing it back to the fitness industry but like men in the fitness industry I actually think they have a really hard time as well because I've noticed it's more normal for a guy to walk around with his top off and I guess we don't think about that I think we're so so women driven but actually mm guys have it all the time like the this kind of aesthetic look that they're supposed to be having because in general women's bodies look quite different no matter how small or big you are men in general kind of look the same in regards to their build tends to be the same if they build muscle they tend to build it in the same place it's kind of the same thing whereas women we've got completely different body shapes so yeah no I think I think everyone has it and I did a talk actually someone interviewed me eight years ago on laxative abuse and I got so many comments afterwards from women and and men sending me these messages of just like I can't believe you've spoken about that and I'm so glad you did because 
it's this like big taboo secret thing. And I was like, I didn't even realize how many people actually do it. I thought I was just like this, to be honest, like this weirdo that does this really silly thing where she takes a load of laxatives and like spends half the day on the toilet. And then you have all these people contacting you and you're like, wow, there's so many of us. Yeah. Um, and I'm so glad. I mean, I sometimes think I overshare, but I just talk about everything and I've got no, I'm not scared of talking about stuff now because I just think that if you don't like it, just don't follow me and just don't. Yeah, no, definitely. Like, you know, there's yeah. the door that you don't, you can just unfollow me. There's a big button that does it. So. Definitely, definitely. And I think going back to the whole men and women thing, I think women are a lot more sympathetic and kind of openly struggle about they haven't got abs and they're trying mm. to lose a tummy and it's all very open and like they want that peachy bum and like what, girls are very open about that guys are just like they want to get ripped and it's very much like we will and we can and we do yeah so when there's a guy trainer maybe who doesn't look like a ripped guy i can see actually that they would really struggle with that and i think guys always compare themselves i think it's ego as well they kind of think the bigger massive the muscly ego. the bigger yeah, ego. ego um so it is really interesting and Going on to the, the laxative thing is really interesting. And I've heard quite a few other people go through similar situations. Yeah. And do you think, like, what are your thoughts on laxatives as a whole? Because I remember when I first heard about someone doing this, I was like, gosh, I don't see, when I say I see why, I see how it would happen. I don't mean it mm. in a, like, I kind of agree with it way, no. but in more of a, there's a pill out there which you can literally buy in boots, which will make you suddenly go to the loo. I see I see why people would do it. Like, not in a way that I understand it, but do you know no, what I mean? Like, it's very bizarre. It's actually, there was a point where it was just like, not normal, but I'd have friends, we're talking years ago now, like you'd say, they'd like, you're like, oh, I've taken a little laxative this week, building up to this event. And you're like, but the thing is, it doesn't, anyone that's listening to this and is ever considering taking laxatives to lose weight, please don't. My health complications from... I mean, I'm 30, right? I took them for 12 years, 12 years. And I didn't realize how long it had been until it got to a point where I got really ill. And I was just like, what am I doing? Like, this is terrible. Um, and I'd gone a really long, I'd done stints of loads of time not taking it. And then for me, it's a bit of a, something, I can't even explain it. Like I'd have a bad breakup or something. And I'd be like, right, I'm gonna do this. And I think it's a form of self-harm. It's this thing of like, I'm not worthy, so I'm going to go and do that and then empty, like, be empty, if that makes sense. Mm. But A, it doesn't work. Like, it doesn't... It makes you feel... Look, you're lighter on the scales, but all you've done is released all of the nutrition from your body. The calories still go in. You don't... You end up with, like, loose skin on your stomach because your body's just, like, expanding, deflating, expanding, deflating. Um, you can end up with a collapsed rectum that you literally can't come back from that, apart from surgery, in which that if you get to that point you then wouldn't be able to have that surgery until after you've had children because you're more likely to break, the, this is so grim, but I'm gonna talk about it. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. You're more likely to like break the stitches and it's gonna like prolapse again. Um, like it's just not worth it. And I wish younger me knew that. And I just, I don't understand the thought process. But it did, not that it worked, it doesn't work. Like you don't, it, it normally goes in hand with other things. So I would like, run a ridiculous amount of miles I would then like have maybe one meal I'd then take a load of laxatives I'd then if I then ate anything that in my eyes was naughty I'd then make myself sick so it comes in like this relay of things that's not mm. just one thing and yes you'll be lighter on the scales but you've just lost all the water from your body you end up with um I'd end up with like wrinkly hands where I had no like 
moisture in my skin or like anything like my face would be so dry all the time um you also are just so self-absorbed like everything's so about you and and hiding a laxity abuse problem is borderline impossible because I'm, I kid you not you end up on the toilet like at least sometimes 10 times in an hour and when I'm talking laxative abuse I'm not talking like two or three pills I would take like a packet in a day that's like 20 god it's crazy you, I like you can you can die like you can have heart failure it's just not worth it and there's still times now where I'm like having a bad day and I'm like oh I could just do that and Dercalax is literally in boots like you can buy it in the shop it's like £2.99 the amount of money I must have spent on laxatives is ridiculous but if the only thing that comes out of this podcast is that just don't do it don't even yeah. don't even think about it it doesn't work it will make you ill it can make you infertile my periods stop for ages like it's just and my periods are still not all right now mm. I still have loose skin on my stomach like it's not it's just not it's not worth it just not no, worth it no <laughs> it's you're right when you say it's like it's like a form of self-harm because yeah, I never thought is. of it like that but no, it's it is, actually massively. Yeah, no, super, super scary. Yeah. So I want to kind of touch on like your diet whilst you're kind of going through this stage. Yeah. Like you mentioned that you would have one meal. Obviously, some days you probably have more and less. And mm. what was your diet like? What were your things you'd avoid? What were things that you'd eat? Yeah. So, yeah, I was super vegan. So I was vegan for six years, um, plant-based vegan for six years. So I just used to love, like I love salad, right? And I just like salad anyways, regardless mm. of whether you're on a diet or not. I really like salad. So I would just have one big massive meal. So it'd just be like a massive loaded salad with like tofu and everything. Um, and then I'd probably have like porridge and oats for breakfast. So I was quite good. Like it, this is the other thing that makes no sense is I had, actually would eat really healthily. And it was almost like, I'm quite regimented anyways as a person and I wonder if that's also just the control element but I would be very much like have this, this and this. I try not to eat after six o'clock which is also ridiculous because it doesn't matter what time of day you eat it's all about your calorie deficit but anyway. Um, and I would sort of not eat after six o'clock but then if I sometimes ate at like 6.05 it was like the end of the world. Like that was it. I was like I'm done, ruined the day and then I'd sometimes either binge and eat a load of chocolate or eat whatever I could get my hands on and then either throw that up or be like, right, I'm gonna take a load of laxatives now. And then you'd end up bloated, it's just got a spiral. And then it's just mm. like a daily spiral. Definitely, what was, the effect, what was the effect on your relationships throughout this? Oh, rubbish. I mean, my long, I was in a long-term relationship for like four years and it definitely took its toll because I think a lot of people don't always understand. So they get annoyed at you, which then if you get annoyed at someone, then I would just completely shut off. And I'm like, no, I'm done. I can't talk now. It just really upset me. And I just wouldn't understand. I'm like, no, I need you to just tell me you love me, not be annoyed at me. Um, and I mean, even my relationship now, I mean, he does struggle sometimes with it when I'm like, oh, I feel enormous or blah, blah, blah. Because for him, it's like, he sees me as this most beautiful person he's ever met. Like, he loves me so much. And I'm so lucky with who I'm with now. I'm a bit emotional. I'm oh. so lucky with who I'm with now. Um, and for him, he just doesn't get it. Because he's like, how... Can I see you as this like amazing human being and you can talk so badly about yourself um so I think it does have an effect on people I think every relationship's been different I've definitely I mean what 12 years worth of it I've had different boyfriends and people don't get it and I mean I did once have someone cheat on me and then tell me that cheating on me was the same as me taking laxatives and not telling him oh my god I know I know it's amazing my god it's amazing and then I also dated someone that if they listen to this, they're going to know it's them. I also <laughs> dated someone that said to me, I told, I opened up about it, and they were like, yeah, I don't want to date anyone with problems. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. So, yeah, oh, it, has to, it has two ways. But God, no. it's, God, it's so interesting, though, isn't it? Like, they think that's probably going to make you then change. It's like, no, no. No. 
that's that's not Had that's not had the same effect like thanks so much for that that's made you it worse. end up lying because then i used to have this thing where i'm like if you haven't asked me i've not lied so then i'd be like i'm not gonna say anything but it's obvious like you know, they know when you're doing it because you just you literally have to go to the toilet every second like, mm. there's no you can't actually hide it it's really difficult to hide yeah um so yeah i mean it does affect your relationship it's definitely affected I get really grumpy really easily. It's definitely affected my relationship with my parents. I think my my mum never really understood it, really, and I think it is hard to understand. Um, so yeah, it kind it does affect things. You don't mean it to, but you become quite, I guess, quite selfish and kind of hiding things all the time. Yeah, so, yeah. no, definitely. Um, and even with friends as well, that would be like. I remember my mate said to me, "Oh, Ruby, have you?" Have you, have you relapsed? And I'm like, no. She's like, yeah, well, I found a pack of laxatives on the floor in my bathroom. And I'd obviously, they'd fallen out of my pocket. So you're just constantly lying to yourself and other people. So. Yeah, that's hard. That's so hard. Yeah. And what's your diet like now? Oh my gosh, I eat everything. Everything <laughs> in sight. Um, I, well, I was, vegan, I was obviously vegan for like six years. And then because of health reasons, just because with the, I'm not going to bore you, but with the ankle surgery, it sped up the process of arthritis. So I've got quite bad arthritis in my hands and my feet but that's also genetics so it's just sped the process up a little bit um so there is an exception to the norm so for instance a lot of people can be vegan and it's completely fine and like you're gonna your health's gonna be completely fine but some people's bodies can't process the proteins through plant-based proteins so i reintroduced fish and meat back into my diet just helped my arthritis and it has really helped i don't know whether it's a placebo effect but they're saying that my limbs are looking a bit more healthier than they were before. Whether or not I go back to veganism again, who knows? Because my friends always laugh. I go in and out of being a vegan, like, all the time. But, yeah, I did it for six years. Um, my boyfriend's vegan, so I still cook vegan meals at home. Um, we still love eating together. Um, I appreciate him for being, like, he's fully vegan. Like, he's and sustainable. Like, his clothes are vegan. He researches everything. I find it fascinating, some of the foods he eats. Um, and we love cooking for each other. But, yeah, no, I have my three meals a day. Um... At the moment, I'm on fresh fitness food. So, yeah, shout yeah. out to Casper because he's out. amazing. Yes. So, yeah, fresh fitness food is incredible. Um, so, yeah, you can pay me later for that. I'll invoice them. But, um, <laughs> yeah, no, they're really good. And I think that's keeps kept me in, like, in check because it's like breakfast, lunch, dinner. You have your snacks. I'm always on the go because I'm always working. Um, I love chocolate. So, yeah, I'm always eating chocolate at some point. But, yeah, I eat everything now. And I don't think about it as much as I did before um and food is just fun like going out for dinner is fun I yeah definitely definitely I love that and it just affects your whole life like we've just kind of touched on like this is kind of why I did the podcast because food isn't just what gives you energy to do your mm. day it like affects your friends your family your relationships your skin your hair your yeah. mind your everything so um yeah that's so great that it's it's fun and I think touching on vegan it is really interesting like I think what I'm trying to do with Greedy Vegan is kind of make it more fun and approachable. But yeah. I'm not trying to say everyone needs to be vegan because they shouldn't. And it's not right for everyone. And no. you need to know what works for your body. And you need to know what's right for you. And if you need to have eggs and fish and meat a bit, that's fine. But then it's just a balance, isn't it? It's a completely yeah. balancing act. And I think those who are 100% vegan, like your boyfriend, like that is incredible. But it's just trying to get those who are really stubborn about it and don't yeah. want to change to try and change that's the that's the that's main the thing, thing what you're doing is amazing because i mean the really vegan i mean the boxes that you sent me the food is so good and it doesn't matter if you're vegan or not and i've been tricking some friends into just trying some of the, the truffle cheese that you sent me it's just insane mm. um and they're like how is this vegan i'm like yeah i know
Thank you so much for Ruby for just doing the greatest little plug for me. But I also wanted to come on here and quickly talk about the fact that Ruby has also got a discount code on Greedy Vegan for 20% off with the code Ruby20. So if you are tempted to try some products, please use her code and do so. Yeah, because that's the thing. We sit at home and like obviously James is vegan and I'm not, but we'll just have a sharing board together and then we can still have some meats and fish on there and then he'll have his tempeh and he's like he's happy with that as well. So yeah, that's the thing. You don't have to be vegan to enjoy vegan food. That's what I find really annoying. Literally. You can literally. still eat tempeh and still have chicken for dinner, but like Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I think the word vegan puts people off and that's why calling it greedy vegan was trying to make it more fun and trying to make it more approachable. But yeah, I mean, not everyone's going to be vegan. If we were all vegan, that wouldn't be necessarily good for the yeah. planet or ourselves. But it's just trying to get more people to try it and get involved. Actually, if everyone had one veggie day a week, I mean, it would the same. I mean, it would save so many things. I mean, there's so much that goes on in the in the world, especially with... I mean, it's weird because I, I went vegan because of animal because of animals and I just... Obviously, I've got a dog and I love animals. And I think the way that farming's done is horrendous. But then there's also a flip side of that where the harvestation of salad and avocados, sometimes the workers aren't treated very well. So it's it's not all... Like, I mean, there's so mm. much more to it than just being plant-based or being vegan. I think if you can try and live as sustainably as possible, amazing. But it's not always as easy as that. So it's... Yeah, I think just like... People don't realise, I think you can still enjoy vegan food yeah definitely like we can't all save the world and we are all trying or a lot of us are trying to do our best (laughs) but it's just trying to be balanced in whatever that means to you and to everyone so i guess that's kind of the aim yeah that's the thing and that's why because we (laughs) released we started a company about a month or so ago called optimal four which is basically to create the optimal you and it's about Mm. using nutrition and health that where if it's plant-based or not meat or not whatever you want to eat but also just like being the optimal use using everything to be the best version of yourself that's like again nutrition like fitness there's so much more to it than just I think people get too focused on things and also it's like I said this earlier it's like the calorie deficit thing for instance like it doesn't matter what you eat sometimes you can as long as you're like not overly overly indulging but it's like chocolate is still like has health benefits in regards to it It makes Mm. you feel great yeah and like yeah okay maybe don't eat 10 chocolate bars but then to be honest if you're having a bad day go and eat those 10 chocolate bars don't feel bad about it because that's worse Mm -hmm. um and you would have enjoyed it at the time but yeah i mean i don't know i'm going for the tangent now so my adhd kicking in (laughs) bring it back no definitely definitely i completely agree and there's so many elements to health and wellness not just food and exercise like you said like mindfulness and being happy in yourself and all these different elements play a part in like being healthy in that in the wider sense um so yeah optimal for you is what's it optimal Optimal for for, yeah it's spelt weird i mean it's got you we can tag the yeah i'll put it in the show notes and stuff it's optimal for optimal it's about the four it was came from the four elements of life so like your wind your fire oh my god um, i love that rain and i'm gonna forget one of them aren't i here we go i'm on the spot Okay, anyways, it's the four elements. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and about how different things flow through life. So you've got your sort of, you know, your health side of things. And then obviously, you know, you need to do your meditation and your yoga and then your sweatiness. and Yeah, just yeah. trying to balance it all out. Yeah. No, I love that. So I now want to touch on periods because it's something that you're really open about on Instagram, which I love. So sorry, boys, if you're listening. Um, but it is really important that everyone hears all this. And yeah. it is really important what you talk about. So I want to touch on why you talk about it, 
why it's so important to talk about it and why it's linked to fitness. So you literally hit the nail on the head saying sorry boys. Yeah. We are just so conditioned not to talk about it. And I mean, do you remember when you were at school and you would literally put your tampon up your sleeve and like scurry off to the toilet as if like being on your period was the worst thing ever. Um, And I think men and women should talk about it. Like I find it incredible that my boyfriend went to a women's talk to learn more about women's periods and hormones. And he came home and he was so enlightened. He was like, I didn't realize what you guys go through. I was like, yeah, yeah, women have definitely got the shortest straw. But it is so important to talk about. And I think I, when I've got children, I'm gonna talk about it. I mean, I was so lucky. My mum was very open about talking about it in the house. I now can, would happily strut down the street with a tampon in one hand and shout to the world that I'm on my period. Because A, none of us would be here unless women had periods. And also, like, I don't know why we're so scared about talking about it. I mean, I dated someone once that said to me, how can you trust anything that bleeds for seven days and doesn't die? And, like, I remember thinking that was kind of funny at the time. And I'm like, no, that is so wrong. Yeah. That is so bad. Why are we so scared of blood? Like, it happens to most people, not everybody. Like, it happens to most people once a month, not everyone again once a month. Um, And, again, if you bring it back to fitness, for instance, and health and nutrition, like, your period can, and where you are in your menstrual cycle, can affect so many things. So for the first, I'm not going to bore everyone, but the first 1 to 14 days of your cycle, you're at your strongest. So in general, you can lift heavier weights. You can um, go further in your fitness. You might feel more powerful. You might be able to run for longer. And then the second half of your um, cycle, so your luteal stage, you're at your weakest. So you might just want to do light yoga. You might just feel horrendous. You might be more tired. You're genuinely, if you are tracking your cycle, you might actually not be able to lift as heavy as you could have done at the beginning of your cycle. But then again, not everyone has a full cycle. I mean, some people like mine are all over the place, especially since the vaccine. Mine just completely went off the Richter scale. Mm. Um, Another thing, which is why I think people should talk about stuff, because the more I talk about periods and the more I talk about, you know, period cramps and weird cravings or just wanting to like hibernate and not go out or being grumpy or just emotional like I know when I'm due on because I start crying over everything um I'm very snappy like do you know when you're walking behind someone along the street and they're just walking so slowly and you literally want to punch them in the face and yes. I like start feeling myself getting so annoyed and I'm like no Ruby calm down probably just you on your period so I think it's just why we should talk about it is because like I think you're allowed to be a bit grumpy or allowed to be a bit something. And especially if you tell the people around you, like I think you should, it's perfectly okay to say, I'm not feeling great today because I'm on my period or I need a day off work because I'm on my period. Like I teach a lot of spin classes, right? Being on a spin bike when you're on your period, having a period pain, shooting through your ovaries and through your vagina when you're like trying to go like three, two, one, guys, we're going to go into a climb. It's like the worst thing ever. And I find myself now even openly in classes talking about it. You know, when we're doing the stretches and the cool downs at the end or when I'm with clients, I'm like, you know, you're more flexible in certain days in the month because of where you are on your cycle. And yeah. it's true. Um you know, clients, for instance, will come to me and they're like, oh, I'm feeling this. I'm like, okay, where are you in your cycle? And they're like, oh, here. I'm like, oh, well, that makes sense. And there's just not enough knowledge on it. We don't, we seem to be like so scared about talking about it. But no, it's really important. And I think the more I've spoken about it as well, people have been like, oh, I'm glad you've said that because I thought that wasn't normal. Or like, you know, if you don't have a period because you, when I used to long distance run, for instance, I didn't have a period. And it wasn't because... I mean, there was probably a lot of other factors because eating disorders and the rest of it. But if you are very, very fit, physically fit, sometimes your period can stop because you're almost like overworking your body. Mm. Um, And it can stop for a short amount of time. I mean, also, 
I think we're taught at school that you literally start your period, you have sex and you're suddenly pregnant, which is utter rubbish. I mean, it actually takes quite a long time for some people to get pregnant and some Mm. people just find out that they can't at all. Um, Also, if your periods have completely stopped, then you're going to struggle to have children. I mean, there's just so many, there's so many things. And I think there's no one size fits all. We're all completely different. Mm. And when you start talking to your friends about it, it's fascinating. Like some have a massively heavy flow and it's literally like bleeding through every tampon. Some literally have a speckle of blood. Some just don't have one for three months at a time. Some are having them twice a month. I mean, the vaccine stopped mine for six months. I ended up having to take medication to trick my body into giving me a period. Um, I think I spent most of Instagram telling everyone about it. Um, <laughs> to a point where people are actually like, oh my God, Ruby, I'm so happy your period started. I'm like, yeah. Yay, guys. No, um, it's so true. It's such an important function of our body and we do not talk about it enough. Right. And it does affect everything that we do, our fitness. And I never really thought about it in terms of like weight training or running and how your performance will differ. And you might beat yourself up about something that you're not doing well enough. And actually it's just your body it's it's busy doing its own thing at the moment like it can't cope with much more and it's so important and yeah it's an important female uh, important function for every female so um it's so important and it can really I got really depressed when my period stopped like I hate it because for me all I want I can't wait to have children like not not right now but I really want children so every time my period is not all right and not working properly I'm like oh my god like what if I can't have children it really stresses me out and then when you're stressed I can also stop your period. So your mixture of being stressed, worrying then you can't have children and then like worrying about everything else and think, oh, it's just like, it really sends you into this massive spiral um, mm. more than people realise. But then when you openly talk about it, you do get people being like, oh, that's made me feel so much better. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's like... And men need to talk about it more as well. Like I don't think understand why men get so worried about it. It's like, your mum had a period. Your girlfriend probably has a period. You're like... Yeah. I don't know why we're suddenly so like confused to why a woman's bleeding because we do um and i mean even things that i don't think you should be i mean i've got friends that have said you know they've yeah they've had like a one night stand for instance and they started their period overnight and they've bled onto someone's sheets and the person's reacted in the worst way ever and it's like but that does happen like you do bleed onto your sheets i mean like it it does happen yeah Um, it's just life and I think sometimes we try and block out areas of life because Mm. we feel embarrassed but that's actually so wrong it's not like I've I've seen girls before out and I mean you know if you like leak through I mean if you leak through your jeans and you can literally got like a massive splodge of blood on your jeans and I've had like friends that's happened to all and actually I've had girls out on nights out where they've not noticed and I've been like oh by the way um they've been oh my god thanks for telling me and then like you know you give them your jacket and they wrap it around their waist and stuff but I think I think it comes from just a long history of just even at school where boys are like oh no blood or oh no periods or oh no this big taboo thing that we can't talk about and I think it is generational Mm. I think hopefully the more I talk about it people are more comfortable talking about it but yeah I don't you know I talk about my classes now and all all the time and you get men wincing and I'm like but that dude come on like yeah definitely (laughs) we all need to talk about it and I think it's definitely an education thing and I think it's definitely down to the schools. Yeah. I think we're brought up in a way where we don't talk about it enough. And when no. you, I remember having like PSHE lessons at school and everyone was snickering and we have when the diagrams come out and that's part of it. But like, yeah. you know, it needs to be talked about more and more and more so it's not funny in the end but we all did it like I remember the word vagina used to be this like hilarious word but then also people use that p word I'm not going to say it but the p u double s y word yeah as like an insult and you're like you're literally just calling me a vagina like it's not 
you know, it's just ridiculous. But I also think male trainers need to educate themselves more because they male PTs used to just train women like little men, and we're not. We're so complex. We're so different. We, if you can train somebody to their cycle, you're going to get so much more out of them than if you're trying to push them through something when they just feel horrendous. And also, there's no like again, no one size fits all. Because if you do just want to veg out on the sofa because you feel like shit, just do it. Don't mm. be like, oh, I've read this thing that says on day 13, I'm supposed to be doing this. No, you're not. You're like, yeah. just do what feels good for your body. Even just go for a walk. Because you're not, I mean, I think people have this big idea that you have to be like working out and getting a sweat on all the time for anything to work. And it's like, no, you don't. You could just go for a walk. Yeah, and that'll <laughs> have be- Have a cupcake. That'll know, be perfect Have a banana. You're gonna yeah, be fine. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Ruby, thank you so much. I feel like we could literally talk about this <laughs> all day. I feel yeah. like there needs to be a number two episode of this. But um, no, thank you so much. And we do have a final question, which we ask everyone. Go for it. Which is, what would your last meal be? <gasps> oh, my death row meal, right? Yeah. Oh, it's Starter, so main course. Oh, that's fine. And okay, dessert. it's my last meal because I'm clearly about to die. So, yeah. last meal. Oh, you know what it would be? Buffalo chicken wings. With nice. blue cheese dip and celery. Weird, but... I love celery. I love buffalo wings. They are just the best thing ever. Um, oh, anyways, right. Um, for my main, oh, I'd probably have a massive loaded salad, which sounds really boring, but I'm like, love a salad. This yeah, my last meal. definitely. Um, probably with some like really... It's not uh, unhealthy, but it's probably like load of Caesar dressing or something mm-hmm. covered in like... I don't know, everything you can possibly think of. Yeah, nuts, um, seeds. Yeah, maybe a tuna salad. Oh, you like a tuna salad? I don't yeah. know. Let's just throw everything on there. Put it all on there. Um, do you say dessert as well? Yes. So I'm really weird because I love chocolate, but I don't like desserts. Um, although, since being with James, his mum does the best vegan baking ever. I will oh, send wow. you some. It's insane. Please. And she's got me really into cake. So I think, if this isn't a cake, but a um, white chocolate blondie. Oh, okay, good but one. The one from, um, oh, what's that cafe called in Brick Lane? Oh, it's like all vegan and gluten-free. Oh, wow, that sounds heaven. It is a really good. Anyways, there's that one. I can taste it in my mouth now, but it's a it's a white chocolate blondie. And wow. it's from this place in Brick Lane. If I can remember the name, I'll tell you later. Yeah, let me know. Yeah, that would be it. That sounds delicious. Mm, well, yeah. thank you again. It's been so insightful. I really hope people listening are like, wow, I needed that today. So <laughs> thank you so no, much. Thank Please you. check Ruby out on Instagram. I'll put it all in the show notes. She's unreal um but honestly it's so insightful you're so honest and it's so refreshing so thanks so much you're very welcome thank you and what you're doing with really vegan is just the best thank you thank you guys so much for listening please 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 can you guys do me a favor if you know anyone who misuses laxatives please can you just share this episode with them as it is so dangerous and if this episode makes anyone realize that then I really will be over the moon so yeah please share it anyway thanks again for listening and see you next week